Abadox, the inner war. Your home planet of Abadox has been swallowed whole by the deadliest menace in space. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, this game goes hard. In more ways than one, really. Oh? Well, think about it. You're going inside a planet, which happens to also be an alien, because the alien is like either... It's unclear to me if he swallowed or just like parasitically (laughs) took it over... But, like, that's pretty hard in itself. The game is pretty freaking hard on, like, a difficulty level. But the Okay, yeah. The box art has, like, blood and Milton Bradley together. I don't <laughs> yeah. recall, like, blood in the game of life or Battleship or any of the other stuff they work on. Um, all the creatures was... are pretty gruesome. What do you got? Yeah, that, that was, like, my first observation because, you know, I've been... Recently, I've been going through these uh, games without reading the manual to... Uh, the positives and negatives that that may happen um and the first thing i noticed was this pretty metal title screen with blood on the title abadox and then yeah milton bradley right under it i was you know i had that same uh cognitive dissonance that i guess you guys must have had too uh i actually did not really look at the cover art i'm looking it up right now but uh, I, I do agree that the rest of it has, like, a pretty, like, um, I don't know, gnarly design. Deliberate. <laughs> gnarly. Yeah, gnarly is a good word. Uh, tubular, also a good word. I think I heard that. Not, no, no, no. This is not tubular. No, it is kind yeah, of. I You're going inside well, the intestines. Like literally. Of, yeah, <laughs> literally tubes. You're going inside these okay, tubes. It's fine. very narrow, the game. It's not the spirit of the phrase, but I understand. Sure, sure. Um, the least hard thing in this game, uh, by things that go hard, not difficulty, the least hard thing in this game is the player character. Uh, it's like a little pipsqueak. I, I was expecting like a Sylvester Stallone style character or maybe a Jan Michael Vincent, uh, you know, something <laughs> like that. Especially with the intro that he gets, like it, you're in a mech suit, you're flying, you got a big gun and then you're very, very fragile. You're like so a tiny. little baby. I mean, I think he looks pretty pretty badass. He's just small because you're, like, surrounded by this giant threat everywhere. But, yeah, he is in, like, an Iron Man suit sort of thing, like, with a giant, like, rifle gun or whatever. And, yes, he's very fragile, but, like, as you power up, he gets less fragile. Yeah, but does it really look like that on on the in-game? I, I agree with you. The box art makes him look tough. Maybe, like, uh, I don't remember. He's like a was chibi like a, in-game. Yeah, it, yeah. In-game, I mean, he's, there's just something missing. I, I guess he is too, but like in game, I look at him and I'm like, that's a guy in like crazy decked out armor, like futuristic armor. But yes, it is not like, maybe it's not, yeah, like the design is not like as edgy. In game, it looks like a baby <laughs> on one of those swings that's designed for babies and his legs are just dangling out. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it, but I, I kind of get it. <laughs> I see dangling legs. I don't see the, yeah, uh, dangling the swing. legs for sure. <laughs> In the game, it's the year 5012. Um, we'll stop there because I'm going to make many stops in the plot. But it's the year 5012. Do you think like people, when people do stuff like that, it's because they want to make sure 
that nobody ever says like, oh, well, we passed that and it didn't happen. Like this was never going to happen. So I guess it doesn't matter, right? No, 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 no. If he if that was the the problem, then he he could have done like three thousand twelve or even like two thousand and ninety. Like you don't need to go that far ahead, you know? Yeah, but maybe you know if if you're expecting this to be a timeless classic, you want as much as much time in between as possible. But That's I also true. feel like I, if like this came out in 1990, it wouldn't like you know there's there is a, a level of like for believability you can't be like the year is 1993. Like, <laughs> That's true. No, that's totally true. Close. But at the same time, like when you're going that far up in years, you know, like I, I I've never seen anybody use the year 10,000, but 5,000 is pretty high up. Uh, why do you need the 12? Is that like to make it more realistic then on yeah. top of the outlandishness? Yeah. What, what are the, what are the odds? Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I have a quick question that might be a little off topic for you guys. Sure. Do you think any art that is, you know, recent will be remembered in the year 5012? No, no video game. Not not a single video game. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, it depends nope. on the state of the world. I mean, we 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 find we uncover shit from, you know, from thousands of years ago. I think it just depends on the state. Like maybe in Utah. No, oh, right. <laughs> Well, because everything will be by then. Everything will be totally like isolated. There'll be no contact between states. <laughs> True. I guess I shouldn't say no video game though. Like there has to be. There will be one, right? Like the, pong. The whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever we agree upon is first, which isn't pong, <laughs> but like we seem to all agree that pong is first. So yeah, I agree with that. Like you want to the same way that like most movies won't be remembered by 5012 like look no country for old men is a great movie no one's going to be talking about it in 5012 yeah i agree uh all right so back to the plot we're going to try to get a little <laughs> bit further on the sentence here in the year 5012 the planet abadox and i'm going to stop there okay because <laughs> abadox doesn't really sound it sounds more like the planet Eater, not the name of the planet. It sounds like a virus, right? Like, who names their planet Abadox? It doesn't sound like either of those things. It sounds like a toilet cleaner. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It sounds like there's bleach in it. Yeah. What was that, like, cookie that wasn't Oreo, but, like, was the same oh, as Oreo? Oh, Hydrox. Yeah, right. Oh, like, yeah. I yeah. saw that on problem. Reddit recently, too. Yeah, we all saw it. It, it came before <laughs> Oreos. So maybe Abadox came before Earth, and then everyone just liked Earth better. That's a that's an idea. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also, I, you know, <laughs> Abadox. Be, just remember that, like the um, the alien organism that eats the planet is known as parasitus, which could also, you know, convincing, but could have also been the disease that the planet Abadox had. had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, parasitus doesn't sound. Quite like a uh, enemy name, either. Yeah, like I feel like I've had parasite. Well, maybe not me, but one of my <laughs> friends that you you wouldn't know. Right, <laughs> different high school. <laughs> yeah. All right, back to the plot. In the year five thousand twelve, the planet Abadox is eaten by a giant alien organism known as Parasitus. Having consumed Abadox, the alien takes the form of the planet. Okay, now that's confusing. It takes, I get the, it takes the form of the planet, like in the sense of it has become the planet, has swallowed the planet whole and now looks like the planet or ate the whole planet. And as a result is now like mutating into the planet again. 
I like to I think of it thought, as yeah. Go ahead, Joe. I, I would have thought that it's like it, the the planet now is is consumed from the inside by parasites. Like parasites is one with the planet. But I, I you know that's just what what I took out of it. I, I think like it. You know, let's say parasites came to America. Um, I'm sorry, Earth. Uh, and <laughs> what's it, the difference? Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> it swallows Earth whole. So what you'd see is like you'd see the the outlines of the continents, but it would be as if like uh, you wrapped some some leather around it. So you'd like see the raised continents, but it would be just like the texture of the skin of parasitus. Got it. So it wouldn't be like that thing that happened in um, season six of Rick and Morty, where like the whole planet got like. What was that, Joe? They got murned. They got murfed or something like, and uh, then they got murked. No, it's like you know that smiley face alien thing. Like if it, it, if it sucks onto one thing, then it takes over another thing, and eventually, like the continents oh, yeah. were like merging into one, and then the from there the planet became the 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 object. Bad example because I can't remember what it was called, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. that would actually matter. I, I, actually don't I don't think it either. would matter if you knew the name because the concept is the same. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um. I get it. Okay, so so we're 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 getting cleared up on a lot of these things. I feel like I'm really starting to understand the plot because now uh, the alien parasitus has taken form of the planet and seeks to devour other planets. A very like Galactus style thing. It's like you can't have enough of just eating one planet. That's my thing now. I eat all planets. Uh, <laughs> before that, it was just eating like asteroids. Then it had its first planet, and it was like, holy shit! Like, I, but I, I think that raises another question. Like, if it's taken the form of a planet, why is it now eating other planets? I can't visualize a planet eating another planet. Wouldn't weird stuff start happening to, like, gravity as it moved towards the other planet? Yeah, I feel like well, it would get crushed. It's not like there are, like, people living on it, right? It's all these, like, alien parasite things now. So maybe they are equipped for greater gravity. Like the planet but itself? I guess I could, no, the, the, like, all these little things that are attacking you. Oh, okay. Like, but I guess now what I'm confused about is like, so are you just trying to save other planets, not your home planet? Your home planet is doomed? Yeah, I don't think you can save um, Abadox. Interesting. That's actually kind of an interesting, like, difference from, like, most of these games where it's like, look, this is hopeless, but you can at least stop this from happening to other planets. And then you can go live on one of those other planets. That's true. Is that kind of uh, like the plot of Titan AE? I can't quite remember. Remember that game, that that movie? I remember the movie. I never saw it, though. Okay. All right. Maybe it's not. With Parasitus' goal to devour other planets, the galactic military launches an attack, but it is destroyed by Parasitus. That's interesting. Like, you're late to that part of the, mm. of the story. Like, yeah. Uh, before the game has even begun, you are the last hope. Uh, the The entire galactic military has been wiped out. That implies a lot of things have happened. Like, we're under a one galactic government. It's I the year 2012. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that unrealistic. Yeah. It just keeps throwing more information about the world at me in this, like, one paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I guess you're not, like, just, like, selflessly being like, oh, I'll go save other planets. Like, you still live within the, like... The, the the government yeah. of this galaxy. You signed a contract. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> so and, you have to. And so, the, I mean, like, you know, look, this plot is pretty damn good. It, it's got a lot to dissect. Like, I could see Ridley Scott making a movie like this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm all on board. 
And then it's about to jump the shark violently with this next line, okay? The galactic military launches an attack, but it is destroyed by Parasitus, who goes on to devour the hospital ship carrying Princess Maria. <laughs> now, we need to, we need to pack, unpack two things. Uh, what's a hospital ship? And why is Princess Maria inside that hospital ship? And isn't Princess Maria now dead if the, if the hospital ship was eaten alive by the planet? Well, as we can see here, um, it is capable of swallowing things whole, so it's not, you know, a total, like, you know, it's it's like that whale story and the... Pinocchio. The, those, Jonah. Pino yeah, Pinocchio. Uh, it's like Pinocchio. Like, he may still be in there, or she, sorry, the, the whole hospital ship may still be in there for all we know. It's a planet. Um, so, you know, not all hope is lost. I think it's strange that... It would go from priority eat planet to priority eat a very small ship in comparison. You know, like I would want to eat something bigger. Yeah. And so is it not explained why she's on the hospital ship? Was that just to like inject a little more drama in it? Like, and she was sick. So I don't like, think it's explained who she is. It's not explained who yeah. she is. Like, is she, is there one princess that rules the entire galactic military or is she just like one of many princesses? Maybe it's like a Naboo situation mm. where, like, she's the princess of Abadox, but, you know, she's just a senator. Other, I don't know. Yeah, but Abadox has been taken over by Parasita, so what good is she anymore? In fact, if she doesn't even have land to claim as her own anymore, is she really a princess of anything? Well, now we're just talking about the idea of sovereignty, and I think that's outside the scope of this podcast. Understood. All right, so you play <laughs> we as... We just got outside the scope of this podcast right now. <laughs> You play as Second Lieutenant Nazal, which, um, again, weird name, but he looks like it, I suppose. The little pipsqueak guy looks like a Nazal. Um, Second Lieutenant Nazal, the only surviving fighter of the Galactic Fleet. The math checks out there because the rest of them were all destroyed. You will attempt to enter Parasitus' body, another fancy way of saying Abadox, and rescue Princess Maria before it is too late. My question, final question, and then I'll read the whole freaking paragraph back to you. Why did they feel the need to rescue a princess on top of everything? Like, were the stakes not high enough that, like, your entire planet has been consumed by an alien organism that now seeks to eat other planets? Like, nah, nah, it's just not big enough in scope. Like, throw in Princess Peach as well. Well, you know, you need to have the the romance. Like, because I, I, I think it's unsaid... But Nazal has unrequited feelings with, what's her name again? Maria. Toadstool. So, Toadstool. I think that that might add a little bit to the stakes. Would you save the that. world if you didn't, like, get, like, a little peck on the cheek at the end? <laughs> well, you're not saving the world anyways. So they're, like, the stakes are, like, saving other worlds. Where <laughs> Would like, you well, saving the, the galaxy. I care, about, I care about the princess. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know if you can, like, develop a loving relationship with the other uh, life forms that are in these other planets that you're saving. So, yeah, you probably want to protect Princess Maria, your last chance at having any kind of meaningful <laughs> relationship with your own kind. What's, True. Your, what's the main character's name again? Uh, Nazal. Nazal. I said Nasal on purpose. To make <laughs> or him Nasal. Sound, to make him, no, no, I think you're right, Nazal, but I was trying to make him sound even weaker because he looks weak. <laughs> and he well, is weak. It just sounds like... It sounds like, you know, Nazal is, like, out of, like, a science fiction thing. It just sounds like a futuristic name to me. 
Maria does not. Maria does not sound like a five thousand your five thousand and twelve name. So I wonder if they're really just like maybe they someone thought like oh people today in nineteen ninety aren't going to be able to relate to this spaceman. We need to give them a love interest who just sounds like a contemporary person. That's you're probably right, but I think they could have just done the half measure and called her like Mariax. Mariax <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like a split between the two. You know that Joe, they did the same thing in Sonic Adventure Two Battle, where uh, Shadow the Hedgehog is in love with Maria, and he wants <laughs> to save Maria, so he has to team up with Sonic the Hedgehog in order to save. Maria. Interesting. Yeah, maybe it's is just it a all human? a West Side Story thing. Maria is a human. Thank you for all checking right. they, in on they that. Keep, they, they definitely keep doing that, and it makes me feel very strange about Sonic. <laughs> Can you guys think of any other games where you fight from inside a monster? Yeah, haven't we had, like, several shmups? I mean, Life to answer Force. your question, no, I can't think of any, but haven't we had multiple shmups where you, where you fight inside, like, an organic thing? Uh, Life Force comes to mind. The Life final, Force, the final yeah. stage of Life Force, you actually have to, yeah, go inside, which, which is cool. It's a trope as like a gimmick level, or not like a gimmick, but it's it's definitely a theme that will show up in a game, but never the focal point of like the aesthetic of a game. Like this is, I was very surprised by the graph, the visual design of this game. Yeah, we, sh- we should probably talk about that, too, because uh, all of the creatures in the game, and I'm using them creatures instead of enemies, um, they're all pretty, like, gruesome by 8-pit pixel standards. Like, there's, you know, where you would usually get in a Gradius-style game, like, similar-style spaceships flying at you that you have to shoot down. Instead, you get flying eyeballs, uh, you know? <laughs> like, that's, that's the first thing you see on the screen. You're like, whoa, this is pretty heavy. Yeah, it's got some, like, body horror vibes like i kept thinking of existence i don't know if you guys saw that movie it was like a cronenberg movie but it was there was this piece of uh electronics that um it was like a virtual reality video game but it got like way too organic and there was a lot of weird like merging of body and technology and it was super gruesome oh, that's and I definitely just kept a cronenberg thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean everything in this like even the walls and like the surroundings is all very organic and in you know it feels very squishy you know to the point where like i mean there's a there's a level that looks to me like you're just flying through a bunch of like intestines and then there are like parts where you have like this fleshy membrane are the walls and like suddenly that membrane turns into these like grotesque hands that come out and grab at you and like it is like it's it's definitely like trying to emulate this yeah i mean cronenberg is a good good thought but yeah it's like trying to do like this body horror feel to it yeah and there's something about um you know like nes graphics at the time were the best uh, graphics that you had outside of like the arcades and stuff so for people like you know it could have seemed very real or whatever in the same way that like now I make fun of you know N64 and PS1 graphics but when I was a kid the piano with teeth in Super Mario 64 like <laughs> scared the shit out of me like legitimately terrified me I feel like the first boss in this game is something that a young me 
would have like shut the game off in fear of because I'm not quite sure what happened to that cow. Uh, I'm assuming it's a cow, but it's also like a skeleton cow with its brain still like a- intact to it. And uh, I saw it more of like a horse dog. Okay. I thought it was a wolf. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I see wolf more than any of these, but it also looks like there's like something else attached to it. Like it has like another, it has a third eye like leached onto it. So it's like the skeleton of a uh, of a wolf, but then like the parasitus has like leached itself onto it and is just like it's the actual brains and the skeleton is just like being reanimated by the parasite. Well, I if you see want to talk it. about like what really like one like bosses that freaked that are freaky. I, a few bosses later, I think it's like four, I mean, there's a lot of like mini bosses and stuff too. So I don't know which one you'd consider it, but it's like maybe stage five or something. There's that like thing that ha- it's like it's like a giant humanoid red gross man who out of his chest is an eyeball and like his head his head curves around to the top of the screen and he's looking down on you as you're like fighting it like it's hard to describe but it is that to me was like the most like unsettling boss yeah there's there's those kinds of bosses and then at some point you get like a fish with a helmet which is a little less scary but overall like very unique boss designs yeah even the ones that are uh following the uh you know, the Gradius, like, shoot the core style, where it's like there's an eyeball um, that you just have to keep hitting as the weak point. That's like, yeah, there's a gigantic eyeball, and it's attached to, a like, you know, a person's chest or whatever. It's like, that's, it's like, why'd you have to go the extra distance? Like, just give me the eyeball. Like, that's scary enough to shoot at. <laughs> now you're like, a, you know, it's coming out of somebody's chest. Like, that's insane. And I think one that... uh I think this we're talking about a different one. It's in one of the vertical levels um, where you, it, you're going through the it, the intestine sort of feeling area, and then it's it, you you end up getting split into two paths, and it seems like a separate object, but it's still a part of the background. But you see like like teeth kind of coming out and. Uh, blocking your way is like a bit of a timing mini game there and then at the end you see this weird parasite looking thing so it just looks like you know a typical parasite that you might have if you ate some eight-year-old egg or something and that was just the fact that it really committed to it and not so much like oh how uh, how fucked up can we try and look? And it looked a little bit more like something that could exist. That one was pretty intense. Yeah, that's a really cool one because it's all, like you were saying, like it's not revealed to be the boss when you're going down the corridors. So uh, then you realize like the scale of the enemy too, like the size of it. And granted, you don't have to take it all down or anything. Um, it doesn't didn't start moving. You just shoot the um, the end point. But like, I really appreciate just not even the commitment to the design or anything, but like, you know, we don't see this even even in like the sci-fi futuristic games that we get like um, that are Gradius spinoffs. Otherwise, like this commits completely to the idea of gross body horror. Uh, you're inside of a living planet thing in a way that also like completely works for shmups. You know, like everything that shoots projectiles and um, 
whether they're attached to the environment or as individual enemies, like there's nothing that shows up here that's too weird other than those like pterodactyls at the beginning. I'm not <laughs> sure what the point of them was, but everything else fits right in. Uh, going a little bit into the the actual gameplay design, I really appreciated how you know you've got a unique perspective here because yes, it's one of those shmups that'll change between uh, vertical and horizontal, but the vertical it's going down, and that that's something that we haven't seen before. And in any other context, it'd be like, why did they do this? Like, there are conventions for a reason. But then you realize, like, what it's doing. And it has that commitment to the aesthetic uh, that you would be going down if you're going through the, the like, digestive system of a planet-sized, disgusting parasite. So I really appreciated that aspect of the design. Yeah, and I don't know if this was intentional, but to that same point, like going down, going top down in a shmup like this just feels like, at least to us, because we've played other so many other shmups and just games in general, it feels a little off. It feels like unsettling. Like I think it helps add to that feel of like unpredictability or like something's wrong. Well, the whole game too isn't one that lets you explore much uh not that it not that the rails move fast or anything it is a shmup on rails so you're waiting for the scrolling to happen but it's just that the the space that they allot for you isn't very much and if anything it just continues to get like tighter and tighter the further you go into the levels and so that kind of creates both a claustrophobic feeling of like no turning back but also from a from a gameplay stand of view there's like it's really interesting how in other games, like platformers, for instance, sometimes we complain about like how how uh, closed in the levels are and the lack of freedom in the jump and stuff like that. Here, my my initial thought might have been to say like, oh, it's really like weird that they don't let you roam around uh, this, uh, you know, this alien creature. But it, it works. And it also doesn't make the game significantly more challenging by closing you in, if anything, you have to play those tight corners like appropriately. So those teeth that uh, that keep spawning out, you know, um, they look like fangs. Uh, that's very interesting that it's just a timing thing. It doesn't make the game necessarily any harder. You just wait to go around them and everything, but you're kind of locked off and, um, and you're dealing with only like a particular uh, enemy at that point. There's, n- there's not like an enemy overload at any particular instance. It's just that most of the enemies require uh you know some form of thought you can't just uh dodge the bullets this is a very difficult game um the how cramped it gets is definitely a part of it, though I would say that it's not the the most difficult aspect of it. But this is a game that at least thematically, like it can get away with that. If it were any other, like you know, boilerplate uh, shmup game, I might say like, hey, that's interesting that they at least did something different. But that's sort of like a rule you don't break. Like give 
the player space to move around if this is going to be a bullet hell. But because of the theme and the context, it does make sense. Uh, but I will say that those sort of timing uh, navigational challenges are kind of the least of your concerns when it comes to the difficulty of this game. Yeah, I think it it does play into the like how you approach how you approach the game in general because for me a lot of times in a shmup just being not particularly great at them I like my method or my strategy will be like to try and get past a lot of enemies because I know I'm not gonna be able to like dodge their fire for long or or take them all out and I, so I was you know kind of trying to stay close to the front of the screen without getting surprised by things that I can't see. But I did over time kind of realize like this game really felt to me like it was encouraging me to hang back and like manage what's ahead of me because you you don't have a lot of place space to move. So like when you go forward and there's a bunch of like quote unquote turrets or whatever you'd call the equivalent, the organic equivalent of these turrets around like you're going to get trapped in in just like a web of of projectiles that you can't like escape from. So like I actually found over time I started using these like obstacles like those teeth coming out or like other things that were blocking my way for a moment like as a reminder to like okay I can hang back here and shoot things ahead you know while I'm like kind of both waiting for my opportunity to move as well as like making it safer to move um so I don't know I just felt like a lot of other a lot of other shmups have like encouraged me just being like as aggressive and twitchy as possible <laughs> whereas this kind of like made me like for the the most as you can in a shmup that is auto scrolling it made me want to like sit back and think yeah i think the worst uh part of the game in terms of the claustrophobic uh tight spaces is that it does kind of break that rule at times with the design where certain things um that stand in your way are designed to be shot at in order to clear them out. You know, uh, you're like shooting out the intestines and then it uh, creates a hole that you go through. And then there are other uh, design elements in this game that are designed to be like, oh no, that's like in, that's in the foreground and you go through them and you might not know that uh, the first time you play through this. And so you're shooting at it, waiting for uh, it to destroy. And most likely the, the sign would come up immediately that your bullets are going through it, so you too can also go through it. But in a game where, like, everything counts, it is kind of weird that they, like, they set it up two different ways without having two different kinds of looks. There's obviously no, like, way to do a transparency uh, with the foreground and the background. Yeah, there were a couple times where those things you're talking about literally were the exact same, like, tile set as this as the walls so it was like okay this looks like more wall but it's just not <laughs> one other last thing on the uh the navigation challenges uh it it also and I, again i don't know how intentional this was or if this was just like oh you know most shmups have speed upgrades but if you get too many of those you're probably just gonna run wild and ve very poorly perform them I you you end up getting super twitchy if you get too many speed upgrades and you just run right into the wall. Yeah, it's funny with any shmup that that gets to that level where you're trying to now avoid power ups. I I definitely know what you're talking about, Sean. I tried to avoid anything beyond two speed power ups because I was most likely just going to 
twitch my way into a wall on accident. But uh, in other shmups, that's also kind of a thing where, uh, you know, if you collect one kind of power-up, if you collect a different kind of power-up, now you lost the old power-up, and so you have to dodge those sometimes, too. And I, and I don't like that. And this game doesn't make that mistake where, uh, you know, oh, you can only have one type of power-up. Like, you can collect all of the types of power-ups. And I do think that the game does a good job of at least while you retain all your power-ups, you know, the thing before you die, um, while you have them all, it does a good job of making you feel really strong and, like, you can take care of what's in front of you because you're getting all different kinds of projectiles and homing missiles and shields. And, and you know, it's not just, like, one of each, too. Like, you're you're moving along. It's just the, the issue is, as you mentioned, because the game is so hard... It's it's a one-hit kill, you lose all your power-ups, and you restart from a checkpoint. You don't even just, like, immediately spawn back in with your ship. So, there's a lot to ask, yeah. While there are several different kinds of power-ups that can stack, your base fire can get overwritten. So, I was also avoiding certain... Those are, like, the different shaped pickups. Um... I know a lot of them have just a letter on them, like we're picking up the bombs, or not bombs. The things that orbit you are their own thing, and then there's a missile category, and then there's the speed ones, and then there's their base fire, which can be any number of different spreads or projectile shapes, um, and those can mess you up if you found one that you really jive with, and uh, you go back to just a, a, a straight shot, which can really mess with you. Yeah, I noticed that too. There's one I particularly liked, which was just like a giant bubble. And every time yeah, I would lose that, I would be a little poppy, disappointed. Yeah. But as hard as the game is, especially with the reset of power-ups, which I'm sure we'll get into, which we have talked about in other shmups too, um, there is an interesting uh, continue-forever standpoint that the game takes as well, where uh, no matter how many game-overs you get, you do get to just continue from at least the stage that you were on, not from the checkpoint, but from the stage you were on. So there is a way to, um, if you can figure out a way to rebuild up your power-ups and, and learn the level properly, you at least don't have to start over from level one. Uh, a nice um, consolation prize, if you will, because it is very hard when you lose all your power-ups to gain them back. So we're, it's all, we're dealing in theoreticals here, but I do think that the uh, continue from the start of the stage you died in makes more sense from a player progression standpoint than starting all the way over. Yeah, I mean, losing your losing your power-ups is punishment enough, I, I in my opinion, where like I feel like a lot of games will tend to overdo it, be like, yeah, you lose your power-ups, and then if you die three times, you start the whole game over. I think that, that at, at this day and age, I feel like that just encourages people to be like, okay, I'm done with this game. Going inside of a body, of any kind of body, um, this being an alien body, like, there could have been another way to play this where this game is more, like, silly and cute and all that, um, you know, being, like, playful to the idea of, like, now you're in uh, this organ or now you're in, the, you know, this. It's like, like in this Like Magic game, School Bus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or that episode of the Rugrats where they go inside Chucky. Um, yeah. The... Yeah, the watermelon seed. The the idea here, though, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it does take a turn, as it should, where, like, all of a sudden, now there's, like, computer components and, you know, other aliens with, with guns and stuff, like, it, it, towards the end of the game, 
I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying like it could have gone either way, and I'm just more interested on like uh, you know, from a from a going inside the body POV. Where do you guys stand on that? <laughs> where do I stand I on know, I the, the fact that there's like guns in the body? No, or like you know that they didn't commit completely to the um navigating inside of of a body, and instead then it becomes more like this sci-fi technology like. You're fighting a robot, and then there's, like, you know, a whole, like, it, it loses the whole, like, guts and intestinal yeah. thing and starts becoming more, like, it starts to look at least a little bit more like a traditional sci-fi game where you're, like, inside another spaceship. Well, yeah, I, I guess I, I will grant that it definitely isn't just intestines the whole time, but there is always kind of a... Uh, dark aspect to whatever situation you're in and you can like e even the ones that that uh that sort of get away from that visceral feel are still like oh that could be bone and it still looks like there's just weird worms everywhere it's always disgusting unless you are in a section that has more technology but i still think that that sort of fits with the aesthetic, because, you know, Star Trek, Borg kind of thing. Like, I I think that they committed as much as they should have. Yeah, I, I'm not, like, I'm not against it. I think that it, I think that it's, like, you know, it leads to, like, interesting thoughts of, like, okay, so, like, this is this organic thing that, it, you know, something or someone is building onto it, or maybe it's capable of technology, or it's merged with some sort of technology, or whatever. Um, yeah, the part that I'm, I didn't, I didn't get very far in because I did not beat this game, but the part that I'm, like, watching right now is definitely, like, tech. You know, there's, like, laser beams and, like, light bulbs and, you know, things like that. And I, I think that that's interesting. Maybe they just thought that the purely organic stuff would get stale or, like, they kind of started out of the gate with this dark, purely organic, like, gross level of, like, design. So maybe they're like, well, where do we go? Like, what's the next thing that's, like, the final thing? We, like, got to add something new. So tech combined with the, the grossness is where it ends up. And at the very end of the game, another thing that is similar to Life Force uh, is that after you've defeated uh, the final boss, you have to escape uh, from it. And that becomes a twitch reflex, like make sure that you uh, don't hit any of these walls that are just randomly placed all over the place um, and squeeze through these little hallways before the exit. And it goes on for a pretty long time. Um, I'm just not sure like how much of that like, is that a good ending for a shmup where the whole point of the game otherwise was to, you know, as they say, shoot up all the enemies and take down all the bosses? 
Is it weird that the final challenge is just this, like, fast reflexes, like, the screen is scrolling faster than it ever did during the regular game, and one bad movement will destroy you? Like, it seems seems misplaced. I think it works. Um, I mean, I didn't get to this point, because, again, the game is very difficult. Um, but in terms of a a sort of change in the gameplay loop uh, to hammer home that this is the close, this is the climax, this is the great escape. I think it works. Um, I haven't experienced it, but in theory... I guess I can see that, like, for that to be the, like, final challenge without that ever being, like, a smaller version of the challenge throughout the game, like, it's not, like... The game isn't giving you, like, okay, now use what we taught you. It's, like, now learn this new thing. So to that point, I kind of understand, like, if if people would complain about that. Like, I don't know. Maybe if there were other times where you had to dodge things. Like, I know you have to do that the whole game, but, like, not at this speed and not, like, strictly, like, this is clearly an obstacle course and not, uh like, fight enemies anymore. And, like, there was no other part of the game that was like that. So it feels a little, like... Wait, where the heck did this come from? But uh, Just I'm, I'm kind of neutral on it. Just to defend it one last time, like, okay, if you're going to make me get eaten at the beginning of the game, I'm sure as hell going to expect you to poop me out. So that's where I feel, and I think thematically they they kept their promise. I I, I see both <laughs> sides, uh, and I understand, you know, that, like, it spices it up, but also, like, make sense from a story pov i guess i just wonder about like the punishing nature of the game and then to to change what the game was and make it very punishing at the very end like it, it, i'm sure if you were able to make it this far you're probably pretty good at this but you know you might not it, it reminds me of other nes games where you know if you don't know the level inside and out yet you might just not be able to react fast enough to know that like Okay, yeah, so this is the center gate, and then this is the top left gate. You know, like, some people just, like, memorize that stuff years later. I I don't know if you can have that here. And so, like, when you die, you go back to the checkpoint, sure, but, like, if you die three times, then you have to go back to the beginning of that level and fight the final boss all over again, except for without those precious power-ups. Feels a little cruel. But it's a cruel game, so let's talk maybe a little (laughs) bit more about the the difficulty. Um... you know, maybe on like a general scale, like just for shmups in general, does well, actually? I, I yeah, go ahead. I do have. Sorry, I do have one. Before we like go too far past, I do want to like jump back to the difficulty of the boss battles specifically. Too, yeah, because I thought the boss battles were well designed and difficult, except for one major flaw that I found in most of them. And and I think I got like a little more than halfway through the game, so maybe they get better. But almost every boss I beat was by finding a pretty obvious spot that I wouldn't get hit and just standing there and shooting, like, and not moving. Because I did the patterns, find at least one of those, yeah. Yeah, the patterns for these, it's like it's not like other patterns where it's like, oh, they're going to shoot this this time, and then they're going to shoot three, and then they're going to shoot five, but it's always moving and everything's changing. It's like they're going to shoot, you know, 20 bullets right here while they're shooting five bullets right here and three things right here, and they're going to do that over and over again. I'm like, okay, well, if I just stand in the spot that I can see none of those bullets are hitting, it'll never change. There were some exceptions. There were a couple bosses that then started moving, and then I had to like actually beat them legitimately. But most of the time, I was beating these bosses by like finding the spot 
where and it wasn't like didn't even feel like like a cheese spot like a lot of other things where it's like you wouldn't know this unless like you read some faq or something like this is just like oh i can kind of see it i can kind of see that like there's no bullets going here so i can just sit here and just shoot forever joe that's just so a that pro gamer a moment little, what's that that's just a pro gamer moment man I, figured, I guess you know, so. no i, guess I agree so. i agree it is weird i was a little upset about that though i was a little like i mean i was happy about it at the time because i was like oh great i can beat this but now looking back, I'm like, I don't feel like I really had the, the I really beat those levels. I mean, we have a, an essential game that does the exact same thing. Granted, that's like one of one of many levels. And now you're not, talking about Gradius? Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that's also like, I feel like I can't remember, but I'm, I feel like that's like something that like you would have heard about and probably not something you would notice on your own, like on a first playthrough, right? Maybe. Like it's not like really obvious. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if it, it, it's kind of obvious if, like, you're saying, like, if you just look at the way that the volcanoes shoot out, you might say, like, oh, I just noticed that if I hang out right here, they never reach me. You know, it's not like yeah. it's not like it's a secret. Like, oh, the it looks like it hits you, but the the hitbox doesn't get detected. Right. I'd have to see it again, but yeah, I guess that's a good point. But to you know, it's also one level. It's not all of them. Yeah. Uh, and, right. and so I think you know. It, it, I'm of two minds with this one, but uh, I agree. Like for a game that is so uh, difficult, or at least punishing in the sense of how it how it um, how it's just one hit kills, and it doesn't exactly um, hold your hand through the game. It is a little strange that they would have exploits like that. That said, I'm happy to to experience them and to be able to uh, beat these bosses and continue to move on because it is a joy. To, to continue along in this game. And I would have hated to like have bosses that were just way too hard that I die on and then I have to restart and hope that I can get past them. Like maybe maybe it's like a little bit of that, but in my older age, like I'd rather not spend a ton of hours on the first level of a game. Uh yeah. you know, that's uh, kind of past those points. Yeah. Um it, it, pu- punishing is definitely a word I would use to describe this game. And but sort of looking back on it now, I, I realize how much that they actually do kind of give you a break in some ways. Like, uh, there's the continue mechanic, but there's also the like little satellites that you get, um, which they're not 100%, but they do kind of provide you some cover when you're in the really bullet hell moments. And... Uh, and it's still a an upgrade that you have to pick up, and it it doesn't change the fact that you don't have any when after you die. But if you're in like a tight spot and you have kind of gotten on a bit of a streak, like you will likely at least have one of these little orbiting things, um, and that should help you out a bit. Yeah, I mean it's one of those games that we talk about where like that we've had before. Where these power ups make a huge difference. Those orbiting those those satellites really helped me. I mean, sometimes I feel felt like I could even use them deliberately. Like I could kind of run them into things that were coming at me and stuff. And then all the other power ups you get. It's one of those games where the more you power up, the more like kind of like uh, unstoppable you feel for a little bit until you get hit. And then it is like really devastating to lose those power ups. And this one, I felt that even more. Like I actually don't think this is like super super difficult when you have all when you're fully powered up it's just the problem is that like it's it's hard to get there and it's hard to stay there for a, like really long 
Like you, you're really, really good, but then you get like so nervous. Like I cannot lose these power ups because then I'm dead. Like every time, so it, it's hard to get there. But once you're there, it's like you, you're so um, attached to it because you, you know, it makes it makes and me it even more a psychological nervous. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the possibility that it also feels so good to be fully powered that you could chase that feeling uh, after a uh, after a death and want to. Uh, you know, continue to play. It doesn't have to be uh, so soul-crushing to be like, well, well, I could never come back from that. The, the Unlimited Continues does make it possible to persevere and play on and learn the levels. Yeah, and, and one other aspect of the difficulty, um, I can't really tell if it was in, in like a, an overt design decision or if it was a side effect of technical limitations, but you know, we, the, it always kind of, uh, it's always a a variable in these shmups. How many projectiles can you have on the screen at once? Or how many times can you press the button and it shoots a new one? Because I know that like with spread weapons and like with all the other things that, like the other, like missiles, like you can have a lot of uh, projectiles that you've shot on the screen um, but in terms of bursts, like you pressing the button and then all of them happening, uh, you can only have, I think two or maybe even one with, with certain, uh, with certain upgrades of these, uh, of these like bullets or bullet, uh, bursts on the screen at once. So like you can't. Like we, I, I would just spam, and that might contribute to why I wasn't that great at this game. But uh, you're not going to get the fire rate that you're expecting. Do you guys kind of know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's it's all about fire rate too. Because think about if you were able to uh, sort of turbo it right and just constantly have a spread in front of you. Uh, it would tone down the difficulty considerably because you almost have like a wall of projectiles protecting yeah. you from the front on top of your uh, shield balls. I don't know if we've came up with an official <laughs> name for these things. We keep saying different I things. I like shield balls. Yeah, these shield balls around you. Uh, so yeah, I totally agree with that. Again, probably a um, an intentional design decision, but um, you know, it, it is something that, once again, makes the game a little bit harder. There's no sequel um, for Abadox, which is a little disappointing, but also I gave credit to Milton Bradley, but they just published this <laughs> game. Uh, this game was developed by Natsume, uh, who apparently make a ton of great NES games. Um, so we'll... Uh, I, I'm looking is at this the our list. first Natsume? It's not. Um, at least I don't think it is. Let me check this out. No, uh, it is. It is our first... Oh. It's our first Natsume, so we're going to go on and play Power Blade, uh, Dragon Fighter, which I thought we played, but that's Dragon Power, the Dragon Ball ripoff. Oh, yeah. Um, really was Dragon Ball. They just removed that in, in our states. Uh, Scat, which sounds really strange. Oh. Special cybernetic attack team. Um, <laughs> poor, you know, I'm sure that they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Shadow of the Ninja... <laughs> Um, it just gets weird from here. The Jetsons, they made a Jetsons. Like the people who made Abadox made the Jetsons. Came <laughs> like, great. Uh, I look forward to it. Um, oh, you know what they made? 
What? You're not going to believe this. Um, they made Chaos World. Oh. That, oh. that Nostalgia Bites game. Yeah. We, that, we I, enjoyed I that. It rang a bell. Yeah, we enjoyed that. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, if you, if you want to hear more Natsume before those other episodes, check out patreon.com slash nostalgia. Uh, $5 a month, you get the Nostalgia Bites episodes. And uh, other than just Chaos World, you get access to all of them immediately. And you can cancel uh, the following month after you download all the episodes. Like, I'm not going to check on you, but um, we'd love to have you. <laughs> anyway, that was my plug. Uh, back to Natsume. Uh, just wanted to throw out that, like, Milton Bradley, the makers of the Game of Life, were not, like, also <laughs> the makers of Abadox, the Inner War. Um, but would you play an Abadox-style board game? <laughs> uh, I... I think maybe. I think you know if you you could probably sell me on any uh, on on any kind of board game if it's executed right. You know. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Like my my gut, you know, I, I'm going to immediately like these, you know, like the games that are not like a Milton Bradley type game, but you know, like a more um, you know a more grown up board game. But I do think it would be very funny. To have like a Candyland sort of Abadox game where you're kind of riding the small intestine down, like, uh, or like shoots and ladders, or, or maybe there's like a there's like a trouble dice popper in the middle of it or something. I would play any of those, yeah. Ab- Abadox <laughs> Twister. Ooh. Ooh what is the mat? What does the mat look like? <laughs> yeah, I think and you you have to. It has to be like it's a series of tubes. The yeah. Mat, yeah, yeah, the mat is like a cube that you go inside of, and yeah, you have to would you like? Would you use the Abadox uh, licensed slip and slide? Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, but it's um, it, it is a tube as well. Everything is a tube. It <laughs> yeah, all goes, yeah. Would you go to the Abadox licensed uh, water park? <laughs> absolutely only if it's one tube <laughs> it starts as one tube but there are changing paths that you can go down well would you use abadox style toothpaste Ooh, in a tube i think you know it sounds more like a toothpaste if you haven't paid attention to the yeah it does actually if you're like just a tuning in like for like your grandparents <laughs> or something it's like a denture toothpaste yeah well, guys, would you vote for Abadox on the Essential Games list? You know, I really want to put Abadox on the Essential Games list. And that's a, that's a spicy way to start a vote. But I kind of want to put Abadox on the Essential Games list the same way I want to put Monster Party on the Essential Games list. They're just games that I really enjoy. I don't know if they fit the criteria of what... I've at least set up the essential games list to be. Uh, I don't think Monster Party. Monster Party was like a, another thing. Someone at Abadox where it was really committed to its theme and uh, like the ground rules that it lays down and everything. Like this game is complete. It is a complete game. It has tight controls. Um, it's just just really hard and frustrating. And I'm not sure like by the standard of 2023, it holds up that well. It's Definitely, like, one of the best shmups on um, the NES. But I just don't feel like, even though, I, even though I think it's one of the best games I've played on the NES, I don't think it's up there with the rest of the Essential Games list. And so I'm going to hold it off for right now, but maybe there's room for a conversation later, maybe along with Monster Party. Who knows? We just have to wait till 
2026 for the next uh, Essential Games list voting. If it doesn't get on here, of course. Joe, what do you have to say? Well, I I appreciate you saying that this game is complete because th- that helps me articulate my my point because I particularly don't want to put this on the essential games list. And then when I kind of come up with that idea, I'm like, well, I have to defend that. And I and I really like don't have like a great defense for it other than like I think cuz I do think this game is good. I do think this game is is very polished and I think that calling it complete kind of helps me like yeah, like that's what it is about this game that a lot of other games, sometimes shmups, don't do for me. We're like, yeah, this is a complete game. It feels like they did what they what they wanted to do, and there's a really cool aesthetic, and it plays pretty well. I, you know, I mentioned a few complaints I had with like the boss battles and stuff like that, but it, to me, it just doesn't like it doesn't hold its head out above all these other games enough to make me think like. Oh yeah, I'm, this one's gonna really stick with me for a long time. I think maybe even less than what you're saying, Mike. Like I, for me, I just like it. Just doesn't grab me as much. Like I, I appreciate that this is a that this is a good game, and I think it's a play it if you're into shmups. Uh, I don't think that it like sticks out uh, to me as like oh this is a must play. So I'm going to say no. So it can't be on the essential games list. But Sean, don't let that stop you. What do you say? I I'm gonna agree with Joe that this this does not stand head and shoulders above many games that we've played on the NES, but it does stand head and shoulders um, above most of the shmups that we've played on the NES, and I think that's still saying something because I think at least every episode that we're covering a shmup. One one of us, whether it's Joe, me, or Mike, will make a comment about how, like, oh, you know, it's just another shmup. You know, they've got their own rubric. Uh, there's like, you know, does it fit the the AP style guide for shmups? Uh, what what are the what are the upgrades? Like, how does that gun shoot? Like it it's really just grading a a test where everyone took the same test and the answers should are all either correct or incorrect. And the like, it's either a spaceship or a World War II plane or a helicopter for some reason. And it just like, does this feel good to play? Everything else is just sort of taken for granted. And finally, we get a game. We finally get a shmup that has its own feel to it and actually feels like its own idea. And the whole body horror thing. Like, yeah, it's a little much, <laughs> but at least it's not just Greenland on blue uh, on blue water with, like, some bombs that you drop. So if it's going into any essential list, it would be going into the essential smups list. That said, this game is incredibly frustrating. I mean, we, we definitely talked about its difficulty, but we may have understated it. I even sort of gave it a pass on some things because it doesn't kick you back to the beginning of the game when you die, which is the least it could do. Um, So I do really like this game for what it stands for um, and all of the art and the ideas behind it. But as a game, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't think it deserves to be on the essential games list. I do feel strongly about it. 
Yeah, I think that I think all three votes are totally valid. They're valid regardless. All you have to do is just say yes or no. You don't have to give an explanation. But I like right, that, Sean. I got to tell you, that was the most like edge of my seat on what your answer was going to be. I've been in a while. I was like, wait, is he voting it off? Is he voting it off? I don't know. He said he agreed with you. Yeah, but I but it was kind of like I do agree with Joe about this, but you know, so I was that like, okay, where's good. it going? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and I would say, you know, it's not, it's not entirely just a difficulty thing, right? Um, frustrating is, is more than just, oh, well, you die, yeah. you know? Like, it's, it's, it's about what happens when you die and how far back you're pushed and what it's like to regain from, from dying. Like, I, I think that there's a lot, a, a lot of things from a level design standpoint that Abadox does right, and then if they just would have thought about, like, uh, you know, maybe this isn't that kind of game, but if they just would have thought like three strikes and you're out, maybe this whole game would be different, right? Like maybe the votes would have been different. I don't know. I can't say that without playing that kind of game, but it, it's just really hard to say that just because the game is well polished and, um, you know, and has a lot of flair, it doesn't mean that like, you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't put any game that's considered frustrating on the essential it has games. Problems should, in the fundamentals. Yeah, you should just be having a good time when you're playing the yeah. essential games list. You should be like, man, these games are just a good time. And I think you know, Mega Man Two is a game that people will think is hard, but you're not gonna say like, damn, I hate this game. Like, no one's gonna do that when they play Mega Man Two. I hope, right, Joe? No one's gonna do that when they play <laughs> Mega no Man Two. Why me? I never did that. They might do that when they play. <laughs> no one would do that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they might do that when they play our next game of the week, Adventures of Lolo 2. See what I was doing there? Mega Man 2, Adventures of Lolo mm, 2. This is a less, less good seg. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying here, but Adventures of Lolo 2, as far as I can tell, has nothing to do with planets being swallowed whole by alien parasites. So we're just going to have to, you know, find connections elsewhere. Adventures of Lolo is on the Essential Games list, so you'll have to definitely tune into this one to find out if Adventures of Lolo 2 is on the Essential Games list. I mean, think about it. Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2 are on the Essential Games list. You never know. 